what's up? No, I was a trash can all day. I'm always a trash can. I'm just a trash can 24-7. It's fine. I'm just like, you know how people think there's lizard people out there in this world? I'm actually trash just people. a trash can dressed up like a human. There's trash... We're just... Per- we're like Oogie Boogie. Like, cut us open. Yes. <laughs> just garbage. Just trash out. comes out. I'm just three trash bags in a trench coat parading as a human. <laughs> That's who Gotta I get am. those discounts at the movie theater. <laughs> get those discounts. Did you see the video of the kids doing that yes! to go see? <laughs> I was like, if I was in that situation and I have oh. worked in a movie theater before, um, hundred percent they would get in. Hundred percent, please let come them in. in. Please come in. Please come in. That effort, my employee comp and everything. Please. The commitment Sir, we've been was there for you. God. We, we've reserved your seat. It's right this way. Oh, sir. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> sir, let me take your jacket. Oh, no. Oh. You're keep the oh. jacket on? Okay. Sir, it's 90 degrees. <laughs> you die. Oh, wow. I. That's amazing. It's like that um, old story where it's like the girl has the, like, the green ribbon tied to her neck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. But instead, it's, like, because you would take the ribbon off of my neck and just, like, a bunch of, like, hot Cheetos bags and, like, bonbon wrappers would just come spilling out of where my esophagus was supposed to be. Oh, let's take a question. If you... (laughs) If you were made up of of just, like, items that identified you, and if someone cut you open, what would pour out? Mackenzie, you would have hot Cheetos, apparently. Well, hot Cheetos, 100%. Uh Uh-huh. Hot Cheetos, like confetti. Okay. Um, glitter. Good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hot Cheetos, confetti, great. great glitter, and mashed potatoes. Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a, it's all food. Wait, no, it's not. No, no, no. no it's um. you should eat confetti. I don't know what you've been doing with your life, Mackenzie, but that might explain why you have a headache today. Uh, I ate so much glitter last night, you don't even know. Yeah, you most definitely did. Um, Um, What what would, if, yeah, if I was to take the green ribbon off of your neck, what would come spilling out? Um, Funfetti cake. Oh, Um, fuck yes. (laughs) I've already decided that if I ever get married, it's a funfetti cake. Oh, fuck yes. Fuck yeah. Um, like, Coffee, most definitely, like uh, all forms mm-hmm. of it, just anything, all up in all there. Of it. Um, those little pretzel peanut butter bites. <laughs> oh yes, get up in yep. there. Yeah. Um, and sushi, definitely sushi. Ooh, some sushi, sushi up in there. All food. I don't know why it chose all food, but it's there. <laughs> no, I think that's good. I like it. I love it. Okay, well, that's some joy. We're, you know, oh there's. My- the- <laughs> There's a nugget of joy. So, every, everybody, today... The last couple episodes, we've been so angry. We I'm always angry. Out. So angry. It's okay. The next episode we do after this is just going to be cool. We'll just pick, like, both of our favorite, like, <gasps> Disney original movies. Oh, I love that. Let's yeah, do that. Oh my God. And then we'll, like, yeah. talk about them. Oh, great. Wholesome. Great. Wholesome. That's, that's the fun one you get to look forward to. I love it. This I love one's, it. This one's going to be an angry podcast again. Listen. Listen. I just like to be mad. This is why we do this podcast. Okay, so I, last week, mm-hmm. <laughs> I finally watched, for everyone, Sarah already knows, obviously, but I watched Mother for the first time, mm-hmm. which is Darren Aronofsky's latest film, and it polarized audiences in, like, a big way, but I hadn't, like, thought too much about it, and mm-hmm. I, like, didn't, like, re- I've, like, watched the trailer, and that's it, and I have never been so angry (laughs) after watching a movie like i was fucking livid for like two hours after watching this movie oh no so mad i was so mad and i feel like i immediately texted you and just said that i was really mad um and then by the time that you texted me back i had i had calmed down but i was in like a rage you were a little bit just a little bit that's funny because my first impression actually was just very indifferent i was just so confused at what was going on so I'm interested to hear your opinions on it. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. So, just okay. I think. Uh, where do we even begin? So the general plot of Mother is that 
there is the, everyone is nameless by the way like no one has names in this movie yep. which is like a problem in and of itself but like whatever so there's a wife who is rebuilding a house for her husband mm-hmm. and he is like a starving writer type where you can tell that he's been successful in the past but he's like lacking inspiration yeah and so then he has some visitors come by who are at first are just pretending to like not like he like doesn't have like a place to go but then you find out that it's a so, like, people who were, like, re- like obsessed with his work. And he and so was, they- like, the man was recently dying of cancer. So this is, like, his last wish, almost. Right. It's his, like, grown-up sad boy make-a-wish. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so they, like, infiltrate the home. Yep. And, like, more and more fans keep coming. And basically they just take over this woman's house. And then... She, like, they witness a murder, mm-hmm. and then she is just, like, freaking out, and then she eventually is pregnant, and she, like, so she's carrying this child, and the husband all of a sudden finds inspiration again, mm-hmm. and writes a new book, and then <laughs> the last 30 minutes are just, like, this crazy fever dream, which isn't necessarily something that I have a problem with, yeah. but all the fans come in and start some sort of weird cult and yep. she freaks out, the baby gets stolen, they mash up the baby, and the baby gets eaten, yep. and so she lights the house on fire, and then you find out that this is a pattern for him, where his wives go crazy, and that and he, like, harnesses this crystal from their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> and then marries someone else, and they do it all over again. Like, that's, like, literally, that was, that's the whole thing. That's, yeah. That's the, that's the best little synopsis I can Best give Best way this to movie. describe it, yes. Without putting my opinions too forward. Yes, or less, or like not putting your interpretations onto it yet. Like, that's like the right. generic plot of the movie. Right. Um, <laughs> so, after watching it, I feel like there's like so many interpretations that can be put onto this movie. Sure. Um, so, because there's really nothing going on. Tr- truly. So, like, I feel like the main three are, or, like, the allegations or, like, what it's framed around, the, like, the first snippet is, like, this is a movie showcasing or, like, retelling the biblical story through the eyes of Mother Nature. Yeah. That's, like, the first one. The second one is, um, generically, what... fame does to like a relationship like if you were married to someone that's famous and like that kind of um like being in the public eye so much and how that affects you mentally and physically and then you got the third one which i think is like just generically um creativity and how that um affects your mental state for both like the husband and the wife like that sure that kind of feeling with it um and yeah (laughs) Yeah, okay, so basically what happened is that this movie was made and it premiered at the Venice Film Festival and it uh-huh. was booed by, like, everybody. Woo-hoo! Like, everyone, yeah, like, that was its world premiere and it got booed. <laughs> and then after that, it, like, tanked insanely at the box office. It got, like, an F, it got an F rating on CinemaScore. It's only got, like, a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And basically Darren Aronofsky went on this press campaign that was basically, like, he was trying to, like, band-aid up the author Try to explain of movie. it. Yeah. Yeah, and his explanation was that it's about global warming. Um, oh, is that what he said? And, so he says, it's, what? Yeah, he says it's about, he literally said it's about global warming. What? And th- but, but keep in mind that this is after the film is received to, like, notoriously terrible, what? like, yeah, ratings. Yeah. So okay. he goes, it's about, it's about global warming. Okay. And so his justification of that is that the female character is Mother Nature. Yeah. The male, like, the husband is... Uh, God. Yep. Yeah. The yeah. house is the earth. Yep. And that all the people who come in are, it's just like supposed to be representative of, of humanity. Exactly. And so I hated this movie. I hated it. I hated this movie a lot. <laughs> okay. Like so much. But at first when I read it, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to wrap my head around this as an explanation for this misogynistic piece of garbage that I just watched. Mm-hmm. And, but I was like, it, my level of, of leeway with that ends pretty pretty soon because it's like okay sure so you've got a mother character very stereotypical uh, representation of like a domestic wife which is fine there's nothing inherently misogynistic about a wife wanting to live a domestic life like that's not that's not the problem no not at all and she is 
constantly trying to please God and yep. then the humans come in and they, you know, maybe, yeah, they're overusing the resources, they're asking too much of Mother Nature, they're like totally kind of like blindly going into their environment and not really caring what happens they're and not being listening. very selfish. Yeah. I understand that, but then the relationship with the husband as God doesn't make any sense but because he is the yeah. one who beckons yeah. them in. Yeah. And th so that doesn't make any sense because why would he want that to happen? Like, it's just such a lazy excuse because it like it, it, A, B, and C just like do not add up to anything cohesive about being about global warming. And I feel like that's why I think the main problem with this movie that is, is just the ending because I think the ending throws off any of the three main, like, allegories that are trying to work its way into this movie at, in, at all times. So like, if, you, yeah. if you're like going to do a biblical retelling, which I think out of all of the three, that's like the most, the strongest argument for this movie. Yeah, um, it had strong biblical themes for sure. Yeah, because you have like, you have God who's the husband, you have the wife who's Mother Nature, then you have um, the family that comes in at first, so that is Adam and Eve, and then they're, they're two sons, Cain and Abel, and then um, yep. then you have just basically the rest of history where um, religious wars are um, happening and revolutions happen based on like these this faith and God and using yes. the poet and the, yep. the faith itself to, uh, to create like these wars and um, fight one another and such, like that kind of thing. That was, like, that was just a generic his history throughout um, Earth, and then ending with just, like, pure apocalypse and, <laughs> of, like, yeah, like a like cautionary crazy. tale. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. So I think, and, I, like, yeah. I, I can wrap my head around that for sure. Exactly. But, like, it's the fact that, like, he came out, Darren Aronofsky came out and said, nope, it's not about that. It's about global warming. And that's when, for me, like, I, all the reasons why this movie is misogynistic, like, mm -hmm. just, like, self-aggrandizing nonsense, yep. like, really just came into play for me. Like, the themes there are so strong, where it's, like, the fact that yeah. he felt the need to to say, no, this this is how I would, would tell a story about global warming, that in and of itself is, like, number one with what makes it so misogynistic, because there was so much violence towards women, and there was so yeah. much, like, um like, fluffing of the male ego, that, yep. like, to say that it's about global warming and then have that fall flat and be unjustifiable is, is, is basically him, it's him justifying misogyny for the sake of feminism, which is counterintuitive and that doesn't make any sense. And also, that's, like, that's, like, reaffirmed, too, in the way that the character of um, Eve was portrayed, too, where she's super, like, sultry and um, it just it just looks she looks like she's manipulating everyone and all the male Michelle Pfeiffer's character Michelle Pfeiffer's character yeah yeah she looks she's yep. manipulating all the all the male figures around her like there was a little bit of allusion to her maybe having a relationship with the husband like the poet for sure himself yep, like her hand on his shoulder exactly and so yep. it it felt very much like reaffirming that stereotype of the woman women are the original sources of sin and it was it was a weird I don't know just position to it yeah no I completely agree and I think that like okay so what <laughs> I don't know like I have so many notes and I like don't even really know where to start I, because I just have so many problems I think like I think where we can start where I have the most problem with it I actually didn't have a big reaction to this movie but it was towards the ending that I really got confused with the intent of where he was going with it. Right. So if we just talk about the ending, where I would like to get your feelings behind it and what you thought. Okay. The so intentions. I felt like just like when things kind of go from zero to 60 super fast. Yeah. So I think like it, that part, like I didn't mind the fact that those two, that it was confusing because I, because it, it, it was, it felt very disassociated and disconnected and it was very yeah. chaotic. Yeah. And you know, like lots of the like uh, reviews that I had read about it going in, I guess not reviews, but reactions to it were that the last 30 minutes felt like an, like an anxiety attack. Yeah. And so I was expecting it to be kind of crazy, but I think it was just, it was this like surrealistic approach to some sort of metaphor yeah you know or yeah, whatever yeah. and like so it didn't bother that part didn't bother me so much because you know I guess like 
he had, but it also wasn't cohesive and I thought it was bad storytelling, I guess. But I I think it's, you know, these families come in and suddenly the passage of time was the part that I had the biggest issue with, but I could appreciate it because it did make me feel very disoriented and confused. And I think that that definitely like emphasized her sort of anxiety and um, her her loss of time. Since if, if it's coming from Mother Nature's point of view, of course her like viewpoint of time isn't going to be as distinct as a, like something like from a human's point of view like it's like that i that i kind of understood and it kind of made the movie a little bit more tense because you you feel her emotions when you feel like there's like a piece of time missing well yeah like yeah. i feel like that whole movie is almost only like close ups of jennifer lawrence yes you know so you're clearly supposed to be feeling what she's feeling. Yeah. And, you know, it, it did a good job in that sense. Like, I definitely... Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I was able to empathize with her and, and, you know, that's successful, but... Yeah, my nightmare is, like, having people randomly show up at my house and not listen to me. So that was definitely... Yeah, it's so isolating. And, yeah. like, everything about her character was isolated. They're in a house with no cell reception. She's always painting up stairs alone like it was she was alone and that was clearly the point and that the husband is this only like mode of connection and like relationship that she has with anybody Mm. um and I guess for me like my strongest feelings about the movie is just the level of just gross sexism that has to exist in a movie for it to be explained to women or, or for like when you have questions about it or if, you know if someone calls it misogynistic yeah. that the general response likely from or usually from like male film, film critics and then even Darren Aronofsky himself is that he's like no it's feminist and if something it doesn't feel feminist to women chances are it's not yeah and it's it, which is fine but it's the fact that he claims that it's a feminist film that my issues really start to arise because there's nothing feminist about that and yeah. then just from the types of movies that Darren Aronofsky makes and the kind of person that he seems to be like through his previous work and through interviews is that this was like the these are the kinds of stories that he tells he tells mm-hmm. mov- stories about women going crazy or men who are like ahead of their time and misunderstood yep. like that's the kind of those are the characters he writes. It's kind of his wheelhouse. And, like, what level of ego and what level of self-involved creativity and starving male artists do you have to adapt in your daily life to write a movie where there's a clear depiction of yourself as God in something? Like, mm, that okay. is... That's where my problem... Like, that's the seed of it, I think. I picked up on the biblical elements of it, for sure, because I, those are very intentional, so they came across. But, like, again... <laughs> This is clearly a story about a writer who hadn't done something in a long time, mm-hmm. who, like, lives alone with his, his with his wife, and, like, whose relationship fails as a result of his, like, creative, like, his, like, lack of creative inspiration, and that's, like, if you look at Darren Aronofsky, like, he hadn't made anything since 2010, yeah. right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Think Black Swan was his last movie. I, so that's, I think yeah, I was Black Swan. I think so. It's an eight-year gap. He was in a relationship with Rachel Weisz for 11 years, and they got divorced. Or not divorced. They were separated, I think. I don't know if they were ever actually married. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. But they were together for a very long time. Like, it, I don't know. It just felt like it was such a... Re- like, you write what you know. Like, it felt like it was such a clear projection of his anxieties and his, like, I don't know, struggles as a creative artist or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, Like... I don't feel like you can write those kinds of stories if that's not on some level the way that you treat people in Mm. relationships, you know? Even if it's magnified, I'm not saying that he's out mashing up someone's baby or, like, letting his baby get stolen, you know? But, like, for that to be such a constant theme in your story making, how can you say that that's a feminist approach to filmmaking? Because Mm. it's not, you know? Like, that, I don't know. Yeah, but that's an interesting point because, I don't know, I feel like the character of the poet in the movie isn't, written to be a glorified kind of role in itself. I think... Interesting. Because, you know, when you you were watching it, it seems like he's very much the reason why these events just keep unfolding, unfolding, unfolding. And she, she as a mother nature, keeps pleading to him to that he has the power to turn them away or to stop this, but he t- decides to ignore her. So I don't think it p- paints that character in a, in, like, a good light at all. I definitely got, yeah. like, a feeling of, like, he 
he was the reason he is the antagonist of this film and right. i don't th- i don't know i don't i don't think the intention was to be like a glorified poet in itself i don't think so either like i don't think that he intentionally wrote it that way no but i think that that is still what happened like i think that he made a movie that was very much that ended up being a commentary on something but just not the film he thought he made mm. you know what i mean but I think that subconsciously or or whatever, like it's it what it was a commentary on for me wasn't <laughs> wasn't global warming. It was just <laughs> no. how trash it is to be in a relationship with with a with a creative male. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, exactly. Like like someone who like especially like um well like writers obviously, but like musicians yeah. is like the thing that I projected onto it a lot. It's like that's what it is like that's it's like those like creative types who are just yeah they want to suffer for their art and you know they want you around because they need you you're their you know like they're your lifeline mm-hmm. like that you keep them sane but in turn there develops this kind of like Stockholm syndrome relationship with your partner yeah and and I mean that's very much what it was to me but I don't think that was the story he was trying to tell no I, don't think, I think it definitely that was there bleated it will. Have you ever seen um, the musical or, like, now the movie musical the last five years? Cause, no. Okay, so the story is very much similar, but not as fucking allegory and, like, like crazy as Mother. But it's, yeah. it's, like, the relationship between a male who is a writer in New York and um, there is a f- uh, female in the re- relationship who is struggling to be an actress and then he starts to become more successful than she. And so there's um, an interesting divide between them as they're trying to come to terms of, like, how creative lifestyles, if you have two creative people, when jealousy gets into the relationship, how that affects them um, mentally between the two. Um, and that I think that sort of, like, came in to Mother just, like, a little bit because... Yes. Um, She's like successful in the way that she's bringing this house back together, and it's it's looking beautiful. And then he's like successful, but then like he's not successful for a moment, and like that weird like competition between the two. Um, yeah, it was just like, interesting. It's like a similar similar story, and I think it kind of bled into mother, but I don't think it was the main main reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one of my other issues, I mean, I completely agree with you, and I think one of the other issues that I have with it, and just the way that it was presented, and, like, the way that Darren Aronofsky tried to steer reception after the movie came out, was just, like, very often, um, and even the way that critics would defend the piece of work is that you just don't, you know, you just don't get it. Yeah. And it's like, no, like, there's nothing, like, except for, like, the disorienting parts that are disorienting for, uh, for the sake of, like, pushing the narrative along. Like, it's not, it's very face value. Like, there's not, like, really something to not get. It's very obvious and intentional in the way it explains itself, Mm -hmm. you know? But it's like, I feel like he almost relies on just being to back his way out of a corner by saying no you just don't get it you know what I mean like he I, I, and that is like that's like such like a classic like film mm. school bro yeah, thing, yeah, thing yeah, to yeah, say yeah. you know yeah and like and that's who he is he's a he's a film school bro like he went to Harvard for film and then I'm just annoyed because it's like I don't think that there was anything super amazing about the storytelling but it's no. like and now now if I can just get angry like or just like annoyed for a second it's like he would not this movie was successful, at least successful in the sense that I think that it was okay for what it was, and it was visually stunning, and, like, it yeah. had great actors, and the production quality was awesome. Like, who would he be if he is someone who, like, never had the connections that you get coming out of somewhere like Harvard That's Film true. School? Would would we think that this piece of work, or would we even feel the need to spend so much time unpacking it yeah. if yeah. he wasn't just accepted as some sort of, like, vi- like, visionary in the film community? Like, that's the part that annoys me, is that I think everyone's giving it way too much credit credit mm. like the fact that it's like people feel so intensely about something it's like but why yeah, like why and, do we because there's really nothing that deep deep there I don't think yeah no because that's the thing like I think he had so many ideas going for this movie and the reason why I don't think it was successful is in the like in the last 10 seconds of the film I feel like it switches metaphors randomly so you have like all of these like right I you have like this really strong um metaphor for 
retelling the Bible and then also kind of giving a global warming, I guess. Sure. For yeah. like um, how Mother Nature sees how the progression of Earth has become. Um, but then like you randomly switch at the end where he takes out uh, Mother Nature's heart. And it's that crystal. And it's that, that crystal. It's like, yeah. And then he basically restarts time, and then it's another woman at the end. So then it- See, I don't even think he was restarting time. Like, I think he was literally, like, at least I was like, oh, this is what he does. Like, and the, that's what felt sexist to me, I think, mm. was that the way I, when I watched it, I was like, no, this is a purposeful pattern. Like, he falls in love with a woman, he essentially destroys them. And then he harnesses this thing out of their heart and he puts it on a mantle and then someone comes and rebuilds his life because his house burns down. Because the, like, remember, like, when he's, like, showing the guests around and he's, like, looking at the crystal and then, like, Michelle Pfeiffer, like, looks at Jennifer Lawrence and she's like, is this from you? And then, like, Jennifer Lawrence gets gets really uncomfortable and she's like, no. You know? Like, so she has an under, like, knows that it's likely from a past partner. Like, maybe not, like, literally that it's, like, her heart or whatever. No, because I remember, I think I read something about it, too, when I was researching it today. And um, someone said the metaphor with that, like, crystal heart is, um, if you're going to go through the biblical means, it's the um, apple from the, like, the tree of knowledge. So, like, that was um, the apple. And so when... The two came in, Michelle and the old man. I don't know his name. So they go into the office and they broke the apple and then God, the poet, kicks them out of his office and doesn't let him in again. And so he... So it's like a Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden, basically, inside of his office. Which is funny if we're saying that the Garden of Eden is inside of his his writing office. office That's what I'm saying. When when (laughs) she was saying that she wanted to create a paradise for them, and then there was, like, that he creates, like, this domain... In God complex, which is which is the funny. God complex. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that I would just I would be willing to lay if I did not work for a nonprofit and I made money. <laughs> yeah. I would be willing to lay down like a large sum of money to say that he's got to be an egotistical piece of shit, like Darren Aronofsky. Like, Mm. he has to be. To, like, I don't know. Like, I just don't think that there's any way that he's not in real life. And not to say that that's, like, yeah, because I don't, like, I guess I don't actually know. But, like, to write a a story about a creative man who hasn't done work in a long time, who's a literal metaphorical (laughs) Garden of Eden in his fucking office. Yeah, Like, and, like, he's, like, and I also think that, like, it's such a cliche for him to be a poet, too, because that's also how Aronofsky, like, describes himself like he like thinks that he creates these like beautiful metaphors and allegories for things in his film and that he's just like so nuanced in the ways that he like I don't know like he just seems like a the kind of guy who would wear a beret in college all the time (laughs) and like tiny little circle glasses Mm -hmm. like that's the kind of guy he is like and fucking carries around like Hemingway underneath his arm all the time Mm -hmm. and smokes a pipe Smokes like tobacco out of a pipe underneath a tree in the in the commons, like outside in the spring. That's who he is. Drinking some sweet, sweet cold brew. He's from- the kind of guy, yes. Yeah. He's always drinking cold brew. No, he's either drinking cold brew or he's drinking tea. Oh, Because he might have one of those weird complexes about like caffeine as a substance, you know? <laughs> okay. Like, for sure. Um, so I. And suspenders. He wears suspenders. Definitely. Su- okay, yeah, suspenders, most definitely. Um, and also a mustache. Um, but wait, what, I'm trying to wrap this around my head too. What did you think the metaphor was for giving birth to the baby then? Like, was that just... I don't, I honestly don't think there was one. Like, I think, like, I, I don't know. So I guess I think that the movie was literally just, like, kind of a fucked up, but, but pretty on the nose, like, mythological like, mm. rendition of what it's like to be in a relationship with someone who's creative and because of their creativity feels like they can justify their abusive behavior. Got you, okay. And and whether or not that was his intent, that that's, I feel like that's very much what it was about to me. I don't know. Like, or whether or not he, there's any level of himself in there because I can't just assume that he's an abusive asshole, you know, like that would make me kind of an asshole. But that's what the movie was about to me. So I think, the I don't think there was a metaphor 
for birth because I don't think it was a metaphor for anything other than exactly what it was. Like, I felt like it was very face value. It was just very mm. crazy and surreal. And because of its surreal element, I feel like we want to um, apply some, like, some kind meaning of, to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think it was very, like, almost like giallo like magical realism yeah <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. like that's what it felt like to me it definitely felt like he he was setting up scenarios to take away stuff from her so like it was just like just generic like here's a baby let's take it out take that away from her and like here's a house let's take that away from her so it's like definitely like just like different elements that she could own and that way he could take away from her kind of thing Right, and because it felt like very much like um, if there was a metaphor, for me, wouldn't have been having the baby. It more so would have been his response to mm, that. Okay. You know, like, would have been, like, the way he acts when the home, like, and, like, the people, like, coming into his home, like, how he treated that and how he didn't want to let go of, like, critical acclaim and, yeah. like, you know, like, attention, even though it was ruining his personal life. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what, that, that felt like if there was a metaphor, that's what it was for me. And that's why it felt like he was then, as the director, was critiquing himself a little bit, but at the same time, not, if that makes any sense. Like, I, yeah. I feel like he set it up to kind of look back on his past relationship and how he was um, put up in the media. And, like, he's critiquing maybe just generically himself, but then coming from him, it's hard to make a movie critiquing yourself because you never want to go full out and critique yourself. Right. I guess I didn't even... It's interesting, because, yeah, this is, like, it's, like, this is, you know, it, it, it is so polarizing yeah. in this movie. Like, I didn't think that it was a critique. Like, I thought that it was very self-aware on accident. Like, I did feel like he was writing oh. about something that, you know uh -huh. what I mean? But I don't think it was a critique. I just think he has a disconnected relationship to the starving artist, stereotype okay. and doesn't necessarily see that it's so fucked up you know what I mean like it felt like just a little disjointed yeah like clearly like he's got this like idea of like someone who goes to all these crazy lengths but it still didn't seem to me like yeah that's what I'm that the husband was necessarily a villain like it really didn't seem like the movie was try like he was the villain of the story but it didn't seem to me like apologizing for the way that he treated his wife. Kind of like casualties for the sake of success. And that, that, like, that's a good point too, where it felt like definitely, I don't know, in the last, like the last 10 minutes of the movie, when he's putting like the heart back onto the, like, yeah. the stand again, it didn't feel like it was, um, it was definitely felt like it was painting him in a bad light in that moment because it felt like he was putting this back on and now he's torturing the next woman that comes. But then at the right. same time, okay. it felt like there was no apology with it. And so it's a weird middle ground of like, I don't know. It, I, it's so hard to explain it. I I know. And I guess that's why it is really hard to explain it. Like, And I think maybe for me, that's, that's, a, that's another reason why I, I felt pretty sure stepping away from it and turning the TV off that, that, that it was really sexist in its approach Yeah. because I just don't think that there is, because I think that he was disconnected from uh, the metaphors. If there were metaphors, yeah. and if, the, if there were metaphors, they were either unintentional or poorly justified, yeah. like to like have all of these like ingredients to the, to the whole kind of come together to not make anything cohesive. Yeah. There was nothing structurally that could justify how fucked up and intense, especially in the last 15 minutes, and abusive. And it felt gratuitous because I already felt bad for her yeah. as an as a as a viewer. Like I already thought the husband was a piece of shit. So if the if the point was to for you to think that the husband was a piece of shit, I knew that five minutes in. Yeah. And I also didn't need this like horde of people to come in and kick her in the stomach and call her a cunt. Exactly. That that was it crossed the line for me there. Not only that, but that shot was set up to do like a pretty like to do a like a beauty shot of her getting fucked up by people. Like that was Correct. that was like a weird like that's that's where the male gaze comes into it where it's your intent for the audience was to, to showcase his violence, but also show how beautiful Jennifer Lawrence is at the same time, too. It's, like, a weird... 
it's it's the it's the male gaze. Like that's what the intent was for. That was not for a female audience at all. Well, yeah, because if she is the you know uh, a misogynist or representation of um, of femininity, then it is very like waifish and dressed in white, and she's mm-hmm. like she's the cultivation of like everything that brings life. And but that felt like that was who she was. Yeah, like like she had that's. It's a misogynistic approach to something that is almost not misogynistic. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's misogynistic feminism. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you know what it was? <laughs> this is, it's, it's, it's so complicated because it, if his intent was to make a feminist film, he was, he almost did it. Almost. Yes. Like, maybe like 70% I, I agree there. with that. But the, yeah, but the ways in which it was misogynistic made any sort of, yeah. like, um, femme-forward commentary he was trying to have absolutely void. Because yes. it was just, it was a misogynistic movie about misogyny. Were there women in the writing room? Absolutely yes. not. Yeah. Like, of course there weren't. Yep. Like, it, it could have been caught. It could have been like, hey, Darren, this is could be a really cool metaphor, and we can still make it surreal and fucked up yep. and confusing if that's the vibe you want. But how about you reel this one part back and then people are going to get it. Yes, you know? exactly. Like you can, I love horror movies and I love being uncomfortable. I don't mind being offended when I watch a movie. Like that's not the problem. It's just when something claims to be the opposite of what it exactly. is. Exactly. And it's like if you're a white director trying to make a movie about slavery and like you might have gone into like with the best intentions possible and it might have been (laughs) a really beautiful movie but you're still not gonna bridge that gap of truly understanding the intent and like the people that were marginalized in that era like there's no way you can't do it and like that's what he can't do for this female character in this movie that he's portraying as mother nature and like kudos for him like to showcase a bunch of really good shots of Jennifer Lawrence and like her face mostly makes up the frame like in every single shot and it's through her gaze that she's looking throughout this movie but it's like that it's like almost there but not and like he can't right. no, bridge absolutely. that gap. no you can't and then I, I think you know like I'm I'm not super angry because it's not like this movie is being like wildly celebrated. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, it was received pretty negatively. Yeah. And I think for the most part, you know, because it structurally was not a strong film, you know, I don't think it's being critiqued for the wrong reasons. Like, I don't think the film is getting treated unfairly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think the thing that annoys me is that you have like, um, I don't know, like celebrated and like, you know, fi- film critics and like film review journals and whatever, like it just blah, 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 like, just, again, bros with berets talking about movies because that's who we listen <laughs> Next to. Next band like, name, bros and yeah. berets. <laughs> oh, my God, bros with berets. Um, I want a beret that says that. Yes. Um, I, I read this one article, and it was saying something about um, the worst thing about Mother is that we ask Darren Aronofsky to explain it. <laughs> like, literally being, like, yes. it's like, literally this guy sitting down and being, like, guys, the problem is that we're just asking him too many questions about it and that by him explaining what it's about, we basically, like, it's right. like, <laughs> but listen, by asking him what it's about, we learn what it's about and then we don't like the movie because we realize that it's telling a bad, like, it's, like, not successfully telling yes. a story about what it's about. And that's bad storytelling. Yes. That's not the audience being over-involved and demanding too much of a director. It's just, like, him, like, it's, like, peeling back the curtain and just realizing that it's just, like, not, it's not good. Exactly. Like, yeah, what makes it a bad movie, yeah, is that it did not live up to its own expectations exactly. and it did not successfully do what it was trying to do. I'm not going to say That's that, reception. Like, I'm not going to say, like, Harry Potter is a documentary about Martin Luther King Jr. Because, bitch, I would look back at that movie like, that did not make the mark that you were going for. Like, like no. Like, you're going to pick up the, like, the differences and, like, how it, it couldn't live up to it when you can leave it vague enough that people can get their own interpretations from it. Because to call something bad and to ask questions about it, you're worried that you're just not getting it. Yes. And you're worried that, like, people are just going to think you're stupid. Yes. But this is one of those things where I literally think, yeah, like, he's hiding behind just hoping that people don't understand, you know? And then call it art afterwards. Yeah, and then calling it art. Yeah. Yeah. Oy vey. Oy vey. I don't know. And that's what's also creepy is that, like, at least creepy to me, is that he, like, was dating Jennifer Lawrence while they were filming the movie. Wait. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, bitch. Yes. And so 
also also a reason why um, maybe I'm projecting that I think he's projecting that the movie is a little bit about him is that the age gap between Jennifer Lawrence and her husband is the same age gap between Jennifer Lawrence and Darren Aronofsky. Ooh. And so they dated for like a year, a little under a year. Yeah. And they broke up <laughs> because after the film got, like all, all that was really said was that in interviews with Jennifer Lawrence was that after the film came out and it got really bad reviews, that the relationship became toxic and uncomfortable. Oh no! All he ever because mm-hmm, all he he did, she didn't say he was a he was abusive. So like I'm not gonna like say that he was, but that like after that like he became like like really self obsessed and like only wanted to talk about the movie and like defend the movie and talk about why it wasn't bad and that no one got it. So he started and then basically to she was like to, she was like, like this isn't healthy and then yeah. like yeah they broke up. She started to re- they started to reenact mother in real life. Is that's why I think. That's why I think it's a, it's, he subconsciously wrote about himself. Whoa. Like, yeah. So weird. That's really funny too. That's, that's has so many layers to it now because. I know. Because he was it's so crazy. glorified in mother in the character. Yes. And poet, but then when he put it out to the public and it wasn't received well, <laughs> like he became, oh my God, he became his own I character. Know. It's so it's weird. Like you can't make, you can't make this shit up. Fuck. Sarah. That's, that's the real art. I know. Like, I think the real art is like, yeah, or all of the post interviews about Mother. <laughs> like, it's like literally so meta. It's insane. It's so funny. Oh my god. I don't know. I just don't like him. What did you think about Black Swan then? Okay, so I feel like I enjoy. It was a good movie, right? I enjoyed yeah. Black Swan. It won Best Picture, right? I think 2010? so. 2010? My think stomach is making weird sounds. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> I can't. But I, I hope I can hear it when I, like, go to edit the footage later. Good, okay. And I'm going to keep them in. Good. Um, okay, so I, when I first watched it, it's 2010 Mackenzie. So I was, uh-huh. like, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, it was great. I really liked it. I, like, liked the twist. I thought it was really cool. Okay. Like, um, but I think now and over the last, like, week or two, when I, or not week or two, week, when I've been researching it, it strikes me now more of a more problematic than it did before I watched Mother. Okay. And before I started to see a pattern in Darren Aronofsky's storytelling. And I think for me, that's because I feel like he is so the tropes that he uses with women and also with the men in relationships with women in his movies are are a pattern and therefore because they're a pattern you can't just excuse them you know like you have to start asking questions about it and so I think you know it's another movie about a woman going crazy like he's got this obsession with like women in positions of struggle Mm -hmm. um for this and usually either suffering for their art or suffering for somebody else's but when it's when it's uh Nina I think is is Natalie Portman's character in yeah in Black Swan she is suffering for art but the person who is like she's trying to she's still trying to impress a man like th- she's got this like uh, yeah. relationship with her older dance instructor who sexually assaults her and literally is basically like I'm sexually assaulting you so you work harder for your art and mm. so then she starts to go crazy and then there's another like um Mary Magdalene and like a uh, Mary relationship where Mila Kunis's character comes in and there's some sort of like devil like literally like represented in the fact that she has like sexual feelings yep. for her all of a sudden and then she just fucking goes crazy and the only way to justify her art is to fucking die. Like that's like the the formula is so similar mm. to the formula of mother. Yeah. Like they're drastically different movies with drastically different things to say, but like the building blocks it's like they're all they're all still there. Like the elements of everything that I have a problem with in mother are present in Black Swan. You know? Yeah, and I feel like that's what frustrates me. Like frustrates me with him the most, is that he builds up good scenarios for movies, but then isn't able to follow through with it. Because I love the idea of Black Swan and showcasing um, how stressful life can be in the ballet world, or like in that oh, specific world in general. And like, yeah, becoming crazy is a very um, not becoming crazy, that's not the word I want to use, but, like, becoming so stressed out and, and have so much anxiety because of that world would yeah, drive... ruins your life. ruins ruin someone's life. And, that like, that's a good story to tell, and that's a good mor- yeah. moral to learn from, like, realizing that sometimes being so creatively... Or, or, like, putting so much emphasis on the creative mind yeah. and... Um, and meeting people's, like, expectations exactly. of what you're supposed to be. That was a story that I wish it kind of told more... 
I agree with like the same thing with the ballet instructor. I feel like if that wasn't a part of it, it could have been a really good movie where it was just about the insecurities and anxiety that comes with that kind of creative world. But then, right. of course, if he's a male director, it's hard for him to even understand that world that isn't his own. So he can't... Right. You know, he depicts women in very traditionally feminine ways. You know, and if you look at ballet, Mm. it is seen as, like, not, like, it's intense. And, like, he does a a good job of, like, showing how intense and, like, obviously it's a very athletic, like, dance to master. Like, it's not easy. But it's also, like, he puts women in such stereotypically feminine situations, which is fine. But then, like, his male characters are always abusive. Mm. And, like always like sexually abrasive and intense like always but still somehow faultless which is really weird i don't think that's to say that black swan is sexist but no when you apply a lens of try of or when i'm trying to understand why does he think it's okay to keep telling these kinds of stories and why do we keep wanting him to yeah like and then I'm just like, why don't we have more of an issue with it? And I think that, I mean, we do. Like, Mother was not successful. But it's just like, why are we celebrating someone so much and all the time when it's like, it's it's everything he has to say is so tropey. It's so face value and it's so, like, shallow. But we want to keep applying more to it mm-hmm. and, like, give it more depth and more meaning. I, I do think why? out of all of his movies, I think Black Swan is good because it focuses... Yeah. It's it is still set in realistic setting, but then it uses surrealism to kind of showcase a different mindset. Yes. Yeah, which is cool, and I like it. And I feel like his directorial debut was, like, shot in, like, high contrast, like, black and white. And that's he's always been – he's always had, like, the kind of, yeah, that surreal approach to filmmaking, and that's not my problem. And I – Yeah, yeah exactly. I didn't really have a – I didn't have a problem with Black Swan mm-hmm. until I started wondering if there – if, yeah, if it was – something that he leans on all the time is women going crazy and men being abusive to further either themselves or because they like feel justified in being abusive to, to make their, to make the female characters stronger, you know, and mm. to push them into where they need to be. Like, and I feel like it's interesting too, because there was a movie like whiplash where it's the same kind of scenario where he's being abusive to his student because that is what he ex- thinks will gain success. But I feel like that movie yes. is set up, better in the way that he um, presents this professor character. He's clearly the antagonist in this story. Was it justified or not? And I, I feel like that is a good conversation that is left left with the movie. But with like Black, yeah. Black Swan and Mother... He's presenting a, women in abusive situations and not for a bigger narrative. Yes. Because it's a shallow yes. and it's an easy way to get a reaction out of a female character exactly. and to write women as as abused and damaged and like as an underdog whereas and I like that you brought up Whiplash because I feel like there's there's a level of humanity and depth in Whiplash that there are not in Darren Aronofsky's yes, movies. Yes, yes, yes. Like yes. he doesn't write deep characters. Yes. And so like in Whiplash like yeah obviously um it's an it's an abusive teacher who has who like there's it's not like he has a redemption moment but he does come he does start to realize that his methods of teaching are intense and problematic and he yes. faces consequences for them and then you also have the main character who um fights back and like doesn't necessarily forgive him in the end you yes. know like they have this like complex very real relationship to their trauma you know and that's uh, where the feminist is lacking from mother too is where I'm glad we're talking about this because it's slowly like make working its way out. Is that she never has a moment where she ever fights back? It's always just giving and giving and giving and giving. Yeah, that's not the that's not the no. commentary that I want anymore. I don't want people showing no. me the bad effects of what a man abusing a woman is. I want to see women taking charge and then um, counteracting that abuse and then becoming stronger because of it. I don't want to see the effects of abuse anymore. No! And then also, like, how... And then again, like, I'm so obsessed with how I think he's an egomaniac. Like, how egotistical do you Mm. have to be as a man to think that your commentary on abuse to women matters? Exactly! It doesn't. Especially when all you're doing is just presenting an abusive relationship. And that's it! And calling it commentary. Like, there's nothing commentary about uh, someone, like, walking in... Like, uh, a movie where a kid 
walks into a lunchroom, slaps a lunch tray out of a kid's hand, and then that kid cries. You can't be like, that's a commentary on bullying. No, you just, like, you just depicted a real-life situation. You, you can't be someone who could already get away with punching women in the face and facing no consequences and then make a movie about how hard it is for women to deal with getting punched in the I'm face. I'm done with the shock factor. Like, that's not gonna get any kind of, yeah. It feels just very undeveloped. It, he has a good idea, and he, I think, achieves it 80%. Bold. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's kind of where I'm at, is that if that's what it's about, if it's about global warming, he didn't spend enough time with it, no. and he didn't sit with it enough to make it really solid, and I think the reason he did it is because I don't think he thinks that he has to. Like, I think that he, it's like, you know, it's like, again, where I think it draws so many parallels to himself in this movie, where it's like, he can write whatever and just be pretty confident with the fact that people are going to love it and going to like it because he's already famous. Exactly. So that's how I feel about Mother. Yeah. Um, I have a cat call casting. If you will. Oh my god, you do? I do. Wow. Give it to me. Um, <laughs> so it's it's not a description of a character. It's more a description of the movie. But I wow. think that's all you need to hear for this to fully okay. understand. Um, so th- <laughs> pro- <laughs> production description. Yeah. Three friends stumble upon a demon in the bathtub after their Halloween Ooh. party. And she's sexy. <laughs> do i want us to get like popular enough for someone to start making like fan art theatrical posters for all these things that you bring us cat call please like can you imagine like a decked out high quality movie poster and then the tagline is just there's a demon in the bathtub and she's six (laughs) starring (laughs) oh my god i I started cackling when i saw that it was like the perfect perfect paragraph oh my god that's crazy. Oh, I found it when I found the sexy cat photo shoot, too. So it was like a good day of finding some good old cat call castings. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> now all you need is for her to fall in love with the people that are trapping her in a bathtub and then start to, like, question her life as a demon and then maybe think that she's actually, like, an angel. And then it could be a Darren Aronofsky, like, student And film. then throw in some abuse, throw in some violence, and there you go. Yep. There you go. Well, I don't know. Thanks for listening, everybody. We have a Twitter, and we have an Instagram, and we have a Facebook. And I don't know. Should you leave us a rating on iTunes? Um, yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, wait. That's a cool idea. What if you did that? I would appreciate it a lot. Thank you very much for doing that. Thank you so much for leaving us a review. (laughs) This means a lot. And I hope you do. I hope you have a great week because apparently there's some major solar storms causing anxiety, fatigue, and powerful energy shifts. So I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping you're feeling real real good and nice this week. Real good. Because you Mercury is going retrograde next week. Oh, good. Okay. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Ooh, that's gonna be real good. So buckle up. Get some chocolate. Or gummies if you prefer. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, hey, bye. Hey, bye. Hey, bye. Hey, bye. Bye.